I just started it. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Everything just like froze. Yep. Oh my it God. just it just started. Okay. It's good. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint. And this is Gordon. And we're and excited we're to be back. back with you guys to host another episode. The Christ COVID, and Culture COVID-19 edition. Yeah. So, I am assuming that you're having the same experience, but the last week, I think I've been on over 50 Zoom meetings in general. Have you not been on a whole bunch of those? Nah, I mean, I've been on one like one weekly with, with the door. But other than that, I had like three last week because I did it with my teens. But no, I've been on like a ton. Most of the Zoom meetings are recreational with family or like D&D. Okay. Yeah, I think there was one day last week where I had, I think, seven or eight Zoom chats in a single day. It was pretty wild. But yeah, that stuff's just like blowing up right now. And even though we still still don't have access to a lot of the news, have you heard that it's been getting hacked into? No, really? Yeah. So apparently people have been hacking into the, the chat rooms and stuff, the, the Zoom rooms, and drawing like inappropriate stuff and just trying to disrupt meetings as much as possible. So they just put on an extra layer of security. So yeah, there, there's two things. One, there's a really great article. It's, uh, I'll forward it to you after this, called The Seven Personalities on Zoom. And it's just talking about the different people you meet uh, Zooming. Um, oh, my gosh. Like one, one that like always changes their background. The person you. Who has a, the person who has the dog, who when the, the dog comes on the screen, like, Everyone else just stops talking and focuses on the dog. <laughs> it's so real. Oh my god! The gosh. person who's like they always pick the perfect setting and the background, so it seems like like their house isn't immaculate. Yeah, the multitasker who doesn't have to turn their microphone off. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. please, please, please send this. And because it's awesome, let's go ahead and put it. We'll create a link in. Well, the, yeah, I'll put it the in notes it. for you guys too. <laughs> Yeah, so we don't we don't do Zoom as much with Adore, but we have a, a Slack, which is kind of like a group me, like business, yeah. and we've been using the heck out of that. And we have one thread that's just funny stuff, and they sent that. Um, the other thing that made me think of Zoom when you brought it up is, uh, have you seen the Last Supper Zoom picture? Yeah, the one where they're all like on the the it's Zoom just call like and the, Jesus by yeah. himself at the table. <laughs> Yeah, and everyone else is like up at the top. Yeah, that was brilliant. That was really well done. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So other than like that kind of thing, other than chats and stuff like that, what have you been taking in? Not a, not a whole lot. Podcasts, sort of. I am, you know, Zoom meetings with, with you and Chris and family. A lot of d and I'm kind of reading new campaigns because... The one shot that my family did, they're like, let's continue. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now I got to create something. <laughs> no, no, no. One <laughs> shot. Just one. And I started them off at like eighth, like level eight. So I'm like, great. Let's continue. So how long did it take you to make characters for an eight, eighth level 
campaign. Well, I guess some of them have played before, yeah? No, only Lizzie. But I just made it myself. I just said, just give me a class and a character you want to be, and I'll roll and make a very simple character. Okay. So, it was, yeah, it was pretty easy. It was really funny, too, because they had never played before. My, my sister's like, I want to be a tiefling sorcerer. And I was like, oh, that's Amazing. fitting. Yeah, that's perfect. And then her boyfriend's like, I think I want to be a Kenku rogue. And I was like, you guys are naturals. <laughs> I wonder if they just like Googled, like, what are fun like combos to play with? But No, they just, that's just, they just their personality. He's very roguey. He's also very like into ravens, and so, as am I. And she's also very into like tiefling type and like that type of magic would be sorcery. So it's like, she just like pick two things she likes and it, yeah, it just meshed up. Hmm. There you go. Other than that, not a whole lot from time to time. If me and Lizzie do watch something, it'll be, it's been Bob's Burgers because she's, I got, I've gotten her kind of obsessed on that show, but not a whole lot to report otherwise. So wh- what is Bob's Burgers? This is like the third time this has come up this week. And I, I've heard my brothers talk about it, but I literally have no idea what it's about. Yeah, it's the same creators of Archer, and basically it's Bob and his family. They live in, like, Manhattan, or so it seems. I don't know if it's the actual city. And he owns a burger, his own restaurant, Bob's Burgers, and they live in the, uh, the top of the restaurant. Like, it's a well, squished buildings, and... Um, it's just about a family. It's like cartoon, uh, you know, very similar to the other funny adult cartoons. However, the reason we like Bob's Burgers so much is because it's not like dirty, like Family Guy or Archer. I mean, it is. There is some adult humor, but not as much. It actually more plays on like the kids who are like six and nine and then 13. And like they exaggerate the ridiculousness of kids or like going through puberty who's the one who's 13 and she's like she's the one that maybe has a little more adult humor because she talks about like liking butts or like boy being boy crazy but it's also like not too far-fetched from her perspective of things it's just like now that you're adult you're like okay okay that's weird because she's a kid (laughs) but it's just funny a funny cartoon and then okay that's it so it's more like funny adult observations than just like graphic exactly. crude humor exactly yes okay. and it's it's stupid i will give you that but it's also really funny <laughs> fair enough cool anything else no not okay. really that's a lot of stuff i just wanted to make sure yeah i went two days without toilet paper oh no yeah that was fun is it because you didn't get a chance to go out or because no, all we the stores went, were out we went to like five six different stores and for like different days too, we just couldn't find any. And then uh, Lizzie's dad bought us some. And the day before we were going to her parents to go pick it up, we realized the gas station wa- walking distance from our house had it, uh. <laughs> and probably has had it this whole time. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably like a place that people don't really think about. Yeah, like we didn't. Going we to. just like got gas, and I was like, "Hey, you just want to." check in and see what they have in here since this place is like right at the end of our apartment and she's like sure so we walked in and there's this whole row of affordable toilet paper wow but, but she That's really so enjoyed 
she really enjoyed like going with that. Like it was it was actually like a nice learning curve of like do we need it? Yes, but do we? I don't know. Like there's other ways there were other ways to handle that situation that I won't I won't go into. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> <laughs> we installed anyways, the anyways, what have you been what have you been up to? <laughs> okay, uh so first off, music wise, I think I mentioned last week or two weeks ago that I've been checking out an artist. Uh, he's a Catholic musician by the name of Luke Spihar, Spear, something like that. Um, and I mentioned a few of his songs that, that I liked right off the bat, but as far as music goes, that's pretty exclusively what I've been listening to the past couple weeks, but I've kind of switched my favorite songs. He's got one called Champion that's all just about how God will be our champion, but then also we will be his champion and like leading the the battle here on earth and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. And then because I've been reading so much Tolkien stuff before on Beowulf, I decided to go read Beowulf. So I read two translations, one mm. by Francis B. Gumer and then one by Robert K. Gordon. That's been pretty interesting. I think it's a lot easier read than a lot of the like epics that I've yeah. read before. Yeah. And yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I thought it'd be a little bit more challenging, but I guess because it is naturally in English, even though it is a different form of English, and even the stuff that's not like directly translated into English is like from a Germanic root, which is more natural to us, I guess, in some ways. I don't know. That's just kind of my assumption, but it's been a really easy read, so I took out two two different versions of that. Um, I didn't even know there were more than one version, but that's really cool. Well, it's translations, so it's, right. No, it's, I know. What you, I know what you mean. Yeah, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to find because Tolkien himself translated a version, and so I really wanted to find the one that he translated, um, but I haven't been able to do that yet via ebook. So, if anyone finds that, let us know because I would love, love, love to read that. And I've been reading a lot of other stuff, but the the main two that I wanted to bring up were from the the Robert Langdon series by Dan Brown. So that's like, I think I might have mentioned it before, but Angels and Demons and the Da Vinci Code, like that series. Yeah. So I came back to that series because I only had like a couple books left. So I read Inferno, which is ironically actually about a man-made plague uh, oh. by, yeah, which was super creepy because i didn't know that until i was like third of the way into the book and they released what the like premise was and yeah that was kind of scary um but it's all about how he created like this inferno to rid the world of part of its population because of the sins of of, of all the people on earth and then the one i'm working on right now is called origin it's the conclusion to the series and it's very much science versus religion. And this whole series is very, very anti-Roman Catholic specifically, but anti-religion in general. So I would recommend not reading this unless you are very, very solid in your faith and you know at least a decent amount of apologetics because there's a lot of lies in here about the church <laughs> or at least just like common stereotypes that are are used for for a bias but i really appreciate the the art and the history references and stuff and how it's kind of woven into a puzzle but as far as the religion stuff goes man it's so bad <laughs> yeah 
I used to be obsessed with Angels and Demons, and then leading into the Da Vinci Code, mm-hmm. uh, me and my me and my friend would make those those words that read the same upside down and right side up. Yeah, which are really time. cool artistically. Yeah, yeah, and I. I actually, I think I still follow Dan Brown, like the author on Facebook. Not that I actually do anything with that, but I used to love this series, not because it was anti-religious or anything. <laughs> I, actually, I actually didn't get into it until after I was more solid in my faith. But it was really interesting because I do love history and I do love art. And so it was just kind of cool to see all that stuff play out. But yeah, definitely got to be solid in your faith to read, uh, read that kind of stuff. So that's what I got. Sweet. Otherwise, I did take in one other movie that I was waiting to tell you about because it's our topic today, but also because it's something that's supposed to be out in theaters right now, and was it was out in theaters probably like two weeks before the quarantine hit, and now all the movies movie theaters are closed, but they just released it. Uh, you can probably find it on like on demand for like i think it's on like amazon prime for rental for like 4.99 on demand for pretty cheap or you can buy it for like 20 bucks already but they just released it on disney plus this past friday uh, so by the time this comes out it's been out for like a week um, on disney plus so if you have it it's the movie onward which is the newest pixar film with tom holland oh tom holland's in this yeah and so i literally don't know anything about this movie okay so the movie is onward Disney's newest Pixar film with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. And it's basically this, it takes place in like a fantasy world, very similar to like D&D elves and gnomes and pixies and all that, uh, but kind of like future-esque. So they drive cars and they have electricity and all that stuff. And it's basically a quest journey on them trying to meet their dad because their dad has passed away and they try to conjure him up with a spell that their dad left them on his birthday and they accidentally script the spell and only conjure up the bottom half of their dad so <laughs> waist down and so they have till they have 24 hours to try to conjure up the rest of him because it's just like a day where he can visit them for one day and that's the that's the movie essentially you, you know um, what this this not the premise but the the world reminds me of bright Remember that? that was, yes. That was supposed to be like a trilogy or something. Yeah. That, yeah, that came yeah. out like two or three years ago now. And they said it's not. Be- it's not as modern as Bright. So Bright's like you're in the city of New York with those types of people. Okay. But similar idea. So the houses are still like mushrooms and like. Oh, okay. Um, so it's still super fantasy. Yeah. It's still like fantasy world, but it's almost like they're on the verge of moving into that. Gotcha. So we are going to jump right in. I am not going to, I'm going to cover the movie from end to end, but I'm not going to reveal what happens as far as if they meet their father, when they meet their father, what happens, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to leave that very general, but I am going to, to spoil kind of what I can in, in the middle just because there's so much good quotes and stuff in here, but I don't want to spoil the movie because it is very new I mean, it just came out on disney plus so if you don't want it too too much spoiled i would just go watch it now and then come listen if you don't mind you're like that's fine it's a pixar movie then take a listen and still watch it i just watched it again for the second time and it's still very good <laughs> any solid <laughs> pixar movie oh my gosh any solid pixar movie that makes you cry type so 
it begins with just like this epic fantasy scene, like knights and stuff roaming through. And it has this narrator who just says, long ago, the world was full of wonder. It was adventurous, exciting, and best of all, there was magic. And that magic helped all in need, but it wasn't easy to master. And so the world found an easier way to get by. And that's when you see like these people trying to like learn magic with their staffs and practicing. And then they look over and there's a person who invented like the light bulb and they turn the switch on. And they're like, wow, it's so easy. I love this. And the person just like drops the staff and like leaves their teacher and goes over there. And he says, and over time, the magic faded away. But I hope there's a little magic left in you. And that's just how the, and like this whole time it goes from that epic scene and like kind of how we get to the world we are now to you see, you meet like the main character, Ian Littlefoot, who is Tom Holland's character. And he's like getting ready to go to school. And then it says, I hope there's little magic left in you. And then you get the title screen onward and it starts. And it's funny because like you see like those epic scenes and then they're in this town now, like I said, with cars and stuff. And like the unicorns are like, like raccoons like they're filthy and they're eating from the trash and then people drive and they're like scatter and so mm. it's like a very interesting premise that I, i'm sure you kind of already see my notes but i think I'm, I'm trying not to look at them too much okay that's good but i think this there's two things i took away just right at the beginning when i when i watched it and one was with the with the idea of technology it was the magic of magic is lack of convenience so now we live in a world of comfort and convenience. And there was once a world where you had to go and do maybe uncomfortable things mm. to do certain things. Like in order to get certain types of food, you had to start from maybe growing it or start from just basic grain rather than going and getting like a preset mixture. Or if you wanted to like talk to someone, you maybe had to actually like go out and like find them or meet them to do so or mail a letter and then wait. And it was just like this idea of like, there is some kind of beauty in that. And there is beauty in the in the convenience that we have now, but there is also something that's taken away and stripped from that. So I don't know if you want to speak into that. Yeah, so w what I kind of thought of going through this first quote, it, it's kind of a bad comparison, but I think it's also a really common comparison of comparing God to magic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reason I say it's a bad comparison is I feel like it is done in fantasy stories a lot, but God very clearly condemns that kind of magic in, in scripture. But I do feel like there's something to that in, in recognizing that there's something unexplainable that's happening. Regardless, what I want to point out, though, is in that quote, it says, but it wasn't easy to master. And so the world found an easier way to get by. Mm -hmm. And I think that also makes sense. Like, it's not easy to master God because you can't. And it's not easy to master the life that we're called to live. And so what we often do, especially in our modern enlightened world, we have decided that faith a lot of the times or the life that we are called to is too hard. And so we find an easier way, it, which actually makes me think of probably because we just had our meeting this morning, but the Exodus 90 prayer. It's like, I can't remember the words exactly, but it's something about, Lord, help me to choose the harder way or, or to avoid the, the easier way or something like that. Not because it's necessarily wrong, but because there's something more beautiful and, and just innately better in doing what we are called to do, regardless of whether or not it's easy. Um, 
and then closing with but i hope there's a little magic left in you and i I do see some of your notes now but so the the magic being god or faith in this analogy would would make sense of i hope that you haven't like let go of of your faith despite all of this easier way around you at least that's kind of what i'm getting from that first one yeah, yeah, and I like that it says, you know, a little, because, you know, in Scripture we say, like, even if you have the faith of, like, a mustard seed, you can do so much. So, like, even right. in the midst of, even in the midst of this progressing world and the, where things are going to progress to, like, be easier without me, I hope you still have just the smallest ounce of faith or magic or whatever. And then the last note I had on this was just, right now, I'm, I can't help but, like, doing these episodes and comparing to our current situation. But right now the magic of this is like the magic of the old life. And this is what this whole movie is kind of about the old life and the new ways. And like now this, we're in this new era of quarantine versus what was the magic that has been lost because we're stuck at home. And what are we reverting to, to make this time easier versus what it could be in this, in this hardship. Does that make sense? Yeah, that actually kind of makes me think about how I've been talking to a lot of my teens who are homeschooled, and they've been saying how this hasn't really altered their life that much other than like they spend a little bit more time at home, but they're pretty used to like spending their whole day there, you know? And that kind of goes into how have we been preparing for something like this? Like not necessarily, obviously we can't prepare for a global pandemic of this scale. But have we been preparing to live without those things, especially as Christians going through the season of Lent? Are, are we attached to certain things? Or is this something where if we lose X, Y, and Z, will we be okay? Like you were talking right. about toilet paper before. Like right. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best example. You should still use toilet paper but or find an alternative, whatever. But can you go without certain things or have you developed an attachment to them yeah exactly and then we kind of start the actual story so we have ian lightfoot who is they're, they're elves and he's turning 16 and you kind of quickly learn his dad has passed away he's not in the picture and he so he lives with his mom and his older brother barley lightfoot who that is Chris Pratt. Okay. And Barley loves to play. It's not called D&D, but essentially it's D&D. So he loves to play in D&D and just revel in the old days of, of magic and lore and adventure. Because their version of D&D, because of the world they live in, comes from like history. So it's this role-playing game that stems from the old days of how they actually were. Do you know that's how D&D started? Really? Yeah. So... The, the creators, especially Gary Gygax, they would come together and they were trying to invent this game that was, I think the, the early version started out as like like revolutionary, like 1700 time frame, like massive battles. And that's how they started playing like these kind of immense uh, tabletop games was stuff like that, like Napoleon Bonaparte and the Revolutionary War, stuff like that. Telling you, you're going to like this movie. I love uh, it already. It's great. Anyways... So, and his older brother, Barley, always encourages him to just kind of be the mighty warrior he can be. And so he's like, he grabs him and he's like, hey, he's like talking to him. And then he says this, he says, because he's like, you know, do you want to play with me? Do you want to do this now that you're older? And he's like, no. And he's like, okay, but I know there's, I know you're stronger than that. 
there's a mightier warrior in you. You just have to let him out. And then he says that to his mom and like starts wrestling his mom and his mom like throws him over like totally, you know, does a wrestling move and puts him on the ground. He's like, she, she knows how to let her warrior out. Um, <laughs> and I think it's interesting because the whole time, like the way he speaks, I think I, I kind of refer to the way God speaks to us through the way Barley speaks to Ian, but just this image that there is this warrior in us, this, this, and I think this goes strictly into our, the, the theme of our podcast, but like there's this innate desire for adventure and for quests and for, for this lore and this journey. And that's what he's trying to say, because we quickly learn that Ian is very timid and shy and a nervous kid who's just trying to figure out who he is. So do you have anything on that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that speaking uh, like he is the kind of the voice of God in this, uh, just the, okay, but I know you're stronger than that. And that's also sounds kind of like God allowing us to make our decisions, but letting us know, I I am going to allow you to do this because you have free will, but remember you are stronger and you are better than, than what you were choosing. Um, and in kind of like a, a gentle loving tone, but then there's a mighty warrior in you. You just have to let him out. That actually kind of reminds me of that champion song that I was talking about before and what it means to answer that call uh, and to, to be a champion for God. Um, yeah. Whereas it sounds like at this point in the movie, he is not doing that or not ready to do that. Right. And then he leaves his house, to go to school and he is getting food on the way and he bumps into someone and he's wearing his dad's sweatshirt and they recognize the sweatshirt and they realize like i went to school with your dad and he starts talking to him and he's like i've never heard these things about my dad what else do you know and he's like well your dad was a great guy he was so confident when he came into a room people noticed he wore the ugliest purple socks every day but he was so bold and he wanted to know more but they had to leave and so he immediately gets to school and he opens up his notepad and he writes down new me speak up more learn to drive invite people to his birthday party be like dad and this one we kind of learn okay so he's he's shy he's timid but now he's discovering kind of like more about who his dad is he's learning his new things which kind of reveals more of where he came from and who he is and he wants to live up to that and so the early parts of the movie he tries to do all these things he tries to speak up more about this kid whose feet are all in his seat at school he tries to invite these kids to his birthday party he tries to learn how to drive, but he fails, or I say, I do air quotes, he fails in his eyes at all of them. And there's a scene where he's trying to drive, and the lady's like, just merge in the traffic. And he keeps trying, keeps trying, then he just says, I'm not ready. And she's like, okay, we'll pull over. And they like, get out. And in the end, he just crosses everything off the list and decides, and at the very end, when he crosses the first four, three off the list, he's like, well, I guess I can't be my, like my dad. And so he crosses that off. I think there's something to, like I put on this question, what does it mean to be bold? But this idea that he did do all those things. He tried to do all those things. And I think he didn't succeed necessarily, but he did try versus earlier in the day he went to school not even tr going to, like willing to try any of those things. Mm -hmm. And that that in itself is a form of boldness and courage. Yeah, just a few thoughts on this. I didn't even think of this before when you said it, but you said the whole premise of this movie is them discovering their father. And I think that in itself is a huge uh, parallel to Christianity. It's it's us discovering our father. 
And when I read these four things, starting with the last one, be like dad, right? Scripture tells us to be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. And that's a lot to live up to, right? And we're not expected to be, to like truly be perfect, at least not here on earth, but we're expected to pursue perfection. And looking at these other things, speak up more. Um, That's proclaiming the gospel. Learn to drive. Maybe it's not learning to drive. Uh, this this party essentially, <laughs> uh, although it doesn't always seem like it, but this this feast, this wedding feast that that we are a part of, and so it's just ironic that those four things I think are so so good at paralleling exactly what it means to be a Christian and to be pursuing and discovering our Father. Yeah, I didn't think about that at all. So that's awesome. That's why there's two of us. <laughs> uh. you your dad said to wait until you were both 16 and here it is and it's a it's a staff with this phoenix stone and an invitation spell where they realize his dad like tried to find a way to visit them for 24 hours and in the it in the note it's the same intro it's the same narration as the intro of the movie and you realize that just reads the spell are you there yeah you just cut out for a second yeah okay everything went quiet where did i cut out it was just that last sentence okay everyone leaves and ian just tries to read the spell and the staff starts going crazy and you kind of realize from that line like i hope there's a little magic left in you that like ian maybe their father knew that ian was able to perform magic and so he cast the spell and then it goes wrong and they only like i said earlier perform, like conjure conjure the top half pants but to let their dad know he was there the older brother when they were when he was little and his dad was still around did this thing where he would just like play the drums on on his feet it was like always like the dun 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 dun, dun. and he does that and the father like the feet like back away and then like finish the sentence and then they, he scoots forward and puts his feet on Barley's feet and then puts his feet on Ian's feet. And you can tell even just because they're lower halves that he recognizes where he is and who they are. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool because with even without seeing them, he knows and recognizes who they are just by like being with them or by touch. Go, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, you can't even see me and you can tell that I want to say something. That's awesome. <laughs> I was just going to say that just, I think, goes into what I was saying before about this is the father. Like, this is us discovering who the father is, but he already knows who we are, even though we don't have this connection where we can physically see him all the time. 
he has this intimate knowledge of us that we we can't really comprehend and i would imagine for ian that's really overwhelming because he doesn't remember that and so he doesn't know he doesn't really know of this connection but the older brother barley right um it sounds like he he knows the father a little bit better because he he was there and so he has like this this trust from his childhood and so I'm just making predictions, I guess, at this point. But I, I would imagine Ian would probably be a, a little scared at first, but also like, wow, like he, he really knows who we are. And I'm making those assumptions just based off of <laughs> enough uh, conversion stories that I've, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they need to find another Phoenix stone in order to f- try to do the second half of the spell. And so they go on a quest, as you will, to find a phoenix stone using the cards and stuff that Barley knows from his D&D game to go to places in order to find one. And along the way, he's like, you have the gift of magic. Like, my brother is a wizard, but you need to practice. Like, spells aren't easy. So the whole time, we're going to practice. So by the time we get the phoenix spell, you're going to do well. And so on the way there, he's, like, in the van, and he's practicing while his brother's driving, and he's just doing, like, a simple spell and he's like, each spell has a decree. And he's like, this first one, just like, all spells, you need to, like, he's like, it's not working. He's like, well, when you use a spell, you have to speak from your heart's fire. And you're not. You have to believe. And he doesn't really get it at first until he really has to use it, like, in a life-saving situation. It finally works. But this whole time, I'm going to keep adding on the decrees throughout the thing. And I just keep referring to spell casting for me in the sense of how we pray. Mm-hmm. And and so at first, like we have to speak from our heart. And I think that's plainly put, but if you want to add anything else to that, we can. No, I think that is pretty straightforward. I do have a question, though. How did the dad, did he know he was dying, or how did he know to prepare the staff yeah, the spell? Yeah, it's not really like a spoiler or anything. They don't really say how he passed. They just say he was very sick. Okay. And so, so he, he knew was, it was coming. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. And so they go to this tavern, which the Barley had in the game, who the tavern owner sent like all different adventures on quests. And now you see it's turned into like a modern restaurant with for birthday parties and kids and all these things. And the owner of the tavern is a manticore. (laughs) Okay. And uh, for those of you who aren't D&D or fantasy geeks, please look up what some of these things are. It would just make the understanding so much better. Yeah. Or watch the and movie. Either so way. she goes She goes by Corey now, and she's a manager of like a Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> which is this tavern. This is and amazing. trying to get the Phoenix Stone map, and she's like, no, I don't send people on adventures anymore and all this stuff. And then she gets fed up where they keep like pestering her and she's like whoever said you had to take risks in life to have an adventure because she's afraid like if i send you out in this and you get hurt i get sued like i used to be able to do those things because i could just leave but now i have payroll i have people to worry about and i can't do that and then ian just points at the wall and says well apparently you did and you see this plaque that says you have to take risks in life to have an adventure quote the <laughs> manticore <laughs> Uh, I love this already. This is great. Yeah. And I thought, like, we've already explained that in many other podcasts. Like I said, this whole adventure quest idea is the core of of what we're trying to, like, say. But just, just a great quote. In order to have an adventure, and that goes into 
the was it the theology of adventure or the right the disciple the adventure of discipleship adventure of discipleship yeah yeah the adventure of discipleship like there's going to be setbacks you have to take risks and just go with it in order to have one otherwise you're not going to have an adventure yeah and uh we can probably since we've done so many episodes we can probably link one or two of those episodes in here too like the pokemon yeah. one or something yeah i can do that and then they keep moving on. They finally, you know, kind of, kind of figured out from there. I'm let you guys watch it to figure out what they do, and they keep practicing more spells. And this next spell is a little harder. And so he's like, okay, there's there's something there's something else to this one. He's like, you need to speak from your heart's fire, but also you need to keep your attention on the spell. You can't let anything distract you, or else it won't work. And mm. once again, I think that goes into one of our exodus meetings this morning where someone shared like they were like spanning over their 90 days of prayer and they noticed sometimes they were just like they were even like re- like writing down the reflection and writing and stuff but they realized like they weren't aware of what they were writing or weren't aware of like how long they've been writing and they're like i just z- zoned out even though i'm like writing right you're doing it but you're you're not really there yeah and the the power of prayer is not only speaking from the heart, but like making sure we're super attentive to that time. And then, because of weird circumstances, hilarious circumstances, really, Ian has to drive the van because Barley can't. And he's like, "Go, go, go!" And he's like, "I can't." He's like, "Just put it in O for onward." And he like covered up the D with tape and made O. And I really, that's the name of the movie. It's the only time it's quoted. But I really like that because it's, we speak about like going on the adventure and like, you know, you have to like move and keep moving. And the word onward is like continuous movement. And it almost is a word where like doesn't even speak about where the beginning begins and where the end ends. It's just continuous on, onward. Does that make, does that, am I, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those of you who who have been with the show for a while, uh, that's something that we bring up a lot. But it's this idea that in in life and in our faith, we can't be stagnant because when we're stagnant, we're actually not stagnant. We're we're going backwards. And right. so the, the idea that in order for us to be positive is to keep moving forward. It doesn't mean we always have to succeed in what we're doing, but we do always need to keep moving forward. And so yeah, I think that makes sense. Onward, yeah, being something that clearly implies constant movement forward yeah and that's in that pokemon podcast or yeah that i will attach and so he's driving again and he needs to merge onto the highway again and he's like okay you have to merge he's like i can't do this he's like yes you can he's like i'm not ready and barley just says you'll never be ready merge and like that's when he speeds up and gets on he's like yeah you did it good job and as soon (laughs) as that happened lizzie looked over and she's like oh that was good what he said right there was really good and just this idea that like you're never going to be ready to do what you have to do, but you can do it and you have to do it. Right. I mean, you don't you don't have to do it, but you're not going to be able to move onward if you don't. Um, yeah, and I think it goes into like our callings and our vocations too, right? Like people, I was just having a conversation the other day with someone, and they were like, "Yeah, like I kind of want to get married, but I, I just I don't feel like I, I'm I'm ready. You know, I I want to." live my life and do X, Y, Z, and then, then get married. And I'm like, like this, this is pretty similar. Like you're, you're never going to be ready. You like, if this is what you're feeling called to, and this is what you're desiring, then, then do it. 
And that goes for like smaller things too. But I feel like we, we always think we have to have everything perfectly figured out. And in doing that, like we're trying to keep control of our lives and not let God in. And that goes back to the very beginning where I was talking about finding the easier way. It's easier to just stay complacent and stay where we are and to not trust God, uh, to not pursue the magic. But then ironically, 10 years down the road, we complain that there's no more magic in our lives. So I, I think that's uh, kind of fitting that we recognize that we're rejecting that magic and then complaining that it's not there. Yes. Hold that thought. You just set up this next part perfectly. Hey, nice. I didn't so, even read the notes. <laughs> so they eventually get this point, you know, like any movie where there's conflict and Ian and Barley start butting heads and they say pull off. And Ian's just like saying like everything we've done tonight has gone wrong. And Barley's like, yes, it's gone wrong because you won't listen to me. And Ian's like, are you kidding me? Because everything we've done has been your idea, which is true. He's like, yes, but you didn't let me do it my way. And, it, and that's totally true. Like, they've gone to the manicure, but then Ian's the one that handled the situation there. And they've done this, but Ian always intervenes. And so Barley's like, look, it's not fair for you to call me a screw-up if you don't give me a chance to do something right. Just do one thing my way. And I think that goes into what you were just saying a little bit. Just one, the only caveat is God's not a screw-up and, like, everything he does is is right. But there are things where, like, we're like, okay, I'm listening, God. Okay, you want me to do this? And then you do it, but you don't quite like relinquish your completely to his will. And so you kind of do it with a little bit of your 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 own way there. And so it doesn't like work out the way that God's like, ah, oh, would have worked out this way. And then it doesn't. And when that happens, you're like, see, I tried it and it didn't work. And you're like, yeah, because you're not doing it my way. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. It, it sounds, again, like something we talked about in the meeting this morning, where a lot of the times in order to maintain control, if we know we have to do something, we'll do everything but that one thing. That way we can maintain control of like something. Right. Because uh, we feel we know we have to do something, and so we choose not to do that one thing. And I know I'm guilty of that as well, and it's a little bit different here, but it's kind of like that idea of like we need to tr we're trying to maintain control over something instead of trusting and letting someone else in this situation his brother or in our faith god uh into that situation and relinquish control to them yeah exactly and once again it's just this these next few sections keep compound um on that message and so they're, awesome. they come to a passing where they have to cross this bridge but the bridge is like up and the lever for the bridge is on the other side of of the gap and so he needs to cast another spell that creates a bridge and so he the barley tells him what the spell is and he cat tries to cast it and he's like it didn't work and barley's like no the spell's still going you won't know if your bridge worked until you step on it and he's like step on what and he's and he's like if you believe the bridge is there it's there and he's like i'm not going to step out onto nothing and so then, like, the scene cuts, and they're tying, like, a rope to a tree, and then tying a rope around Ian. And he's like, there, now we got a rope, but you're not even going to need it, because I know you can make the, that bridge. And that's, like, once again, this idea that Barley keeps just, like, encouraging. He's like, yeah, I know you don't need it. Like, you can do this. And so then he casts a spell and steps out and completely falls, like, down. And then, like, he pulls the rope up real quick, and he's like, 
He said, okay, you fell. But was that so bad? And he's like, yes. And he's like, are you still alive? And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay. So now you know that the worst thing that can happen to you, so there's nothing to be scared of, right? He's like, hey, you can do this. And so he casts it again and then steps steps out and it works. And then he step and then he starts, he's like, hey, and then he steps again and almost falls. And Barley has to remind him, he's like, you have to believe with every step. Halfway through the scene, like the rope comes untied, but he doesn't he doesn't realize and he's just like like getting a little cocky and he's like, This is great, and he's dancing and he's like, I'm I'm like, this is amazing. This is incredible. And then he gets to the other side and realizes the rope wasn't on him. And he gets like angry. And he's like, Barley, how long has the rope gone? And he's like, I don't know, about like halfway. And he's like, I needed that rope. And he's like, oh, but did you? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you can remember that. Yeah, no, th- that's that's huge. I mean, there's so much in that. So first off, like the if you believe it's there, uh, I think there's a lot of good to that, but it can also be a little bit dangerous. Like we don't want right. to see our, our faith as like a magic genie, you know. But immediately after that, where it talks about the, so he falls, and this is this is language we use with like sin a lot. You know, it says, "Okay, you fell, but was that so bad? Yes. Are you still alive? Yes. Okay. So now we know how bad it can be. Now let's stay away from that and let's keep going." And it, it's that idea of moving onward, right? So recognizing, okay, we fell. Let's move move forward um, and not like dwell in that, that falling and just like be defeated, uh, but move to something better. Um, yeah, and then just in general, uh, I, I don't want to steal your, your notes here because I see those now, but uh, how uh, this belief overcomes fear uh, and I love that the rope fell away because it, it was it was constraining him or restraining him. And even though he might not want to admit it, he didn't he didn't ever need it. And in fact, the whole time you you were kind of reading that that scene, when they tied the rope on him, I was like, nope, see now in his head, he has a an excuse. He has a reason to not succeed. And like that, that's my fear that when we give ourselves enough excuses, enough uh, ropes to keep us um, safe, that we actually don't take the actual challenge itself seriously because we know that we won't be hurt if we fail. Does that make sense? No, totally. Because he fell the first time and he fell because he had this rope on him and he's like, okay, I have this in case I fall. Right. And rather than when without the rope, he he's forced to actually believe the bridge is there or else he will fall. And it's like it's yeah, it's forcing like this ultimate trust, like in the, in the movie, in, in the spell. But otherwise, this ultimate trust and reliance on God and like that cross. But when we have like these safety things, when we, when we go the easy way or we don't really like if we're talking about vocations or anything else, like actually move onward, then we're trusting in that and we're and going back to the last thing we're not doing it his way yeah i i i think we do this with confession a lot especially those of us who who go to confession often we can kind of justify our sins or knowing that oh i'm going to confession this week so like it's okay and so it's like 
which is also a sin to to expect God's mercy in that way to kind of justify sin by that. But I I think that can be relatable too. Seeing like this rope as this safety net, this confession that's going to keep us safe even if we fall, which it will. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying don't go to confession. You should absolutely go to confession. But like, what happens in times like right now when we don't have that sacrament available to us as often as we thought? And then when we we fall, because we're so used to having that rope tied to us, we don't have the discipline or the virtue needed to avoid those sins. Right. And I, I the other thing that the last thing that really came to mind with this scene was like when we either try to you know, live out God's call or will and bad things do happen or just when bad things do happen in general. And it's, you know, God doesn't create those things to happen or want them to happen, but sometimes maybe allows it in to show us like we can survive and and come out. And so like, I love that line. It reminds me of like the glass castle when he's like, you either, you need to swim. Yeah. Yeah, so just like that idea of like, you're still alive, aren't you? He's like, yeah, okay, well, you've just experienced the worst thing that could happen. So what do you need to be afraid of now? If you've already gone through it once, let's keep trying and and it it can't get worse than that. Um, And I I think it's just like this idea of like growth from that. And he was actually able, even with the rope, to cast a spell after that. Because he's like, oh, it's true. If I fall again, I know I'm not going to die. Mm -hmm. I, I can get back up and try again. And I think there's something to that, too. Yeah. Cool. Almost to the end. So then he, then they get in a pickle, and he needs to cast, like, the most powerful spell um, that, that's in the book uh, that he jokingly was going to cast earlier. But his brother's like, you can't do that. And he's like, okay, this one's, like, the toughest. It, has, it needs all three decrees. You need to speak from your heart's fire. You need to focus. And, like, the last one, you need to trust trust in yourself and so now we've rounded out like the core of just like prayer the core of our these face like speaking from your heart's fire and i also like the idea of fire because of the holy spirit but like speaking from your heart and truth to to focus and being very attentive in that and then trusting whether that's in god or, or trusting that uh, in in, in trusting in in yourself like if that 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 is is your heart and and you're being vulnerable or whatever but i just want to close close out to that yeah basically on the way in this journey to try to get the other half of their father and meet their father ian has this list that he's created of things he's always wanted to do with his father you know play catch share his life with him um, laugh with him these things and he finally thinks there's he's um, along the way, keeps crossing things off because he realizes he's not going to have enough time to do all of them. And so he goes to cross one off. It's like learn to drive, and then has a flashback to when Barley, you know, told him to merge, and he had to drive. And then like realizes they were playing catch with like Cheetos and magic, and he starts to check things off, and then kind of realizes along this quest, even with just the bottom half of his father, but also throughout his entire life growing up with Barley. He has experienced all these things, and he has experienced this fatherly love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that suddenly becomes enough. Now, I'm not to say like that's enough, but it really, for me, that would paint paints the picture of how we share our lives with others, like the way Barley has for Ian, and how we share Christ with others. And yeah, 
I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, just the same way that like uh, we we don't. I don't want to say we don't have Christ physically present with us, but we don't have him present with us in the same way that he was uh, 2,000 years ago. And so the way that we experience Christ a lot of the times outside of the sacraments is through other people, especially our our fellow Christians. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's an awesome analogy. Sweet. And then the movie ends. I'm not going to tell you how. And, you know, things kind of go back to a new normal. And... Ian is presenting a project in school and he's kind of explaining this whole story and he kind of starts back with the same beginning. You know, there's once a world that's full of wonder and it was, you know, it was full of magic. And he just says, and I think with a little bit of magic in your life, you can do anything. And then the last thing that he says, cause him and Barley are going to go hang out and now them are like, they're closer and stuff. They're like, he's like, where do you want to go? Like, how are we gonna get to the park? And he's like, I think we take this path. And Ian's like, no, that's the obvious path. And we all know that on a quest, the clear path is never the right one. Mm. And then it kind of ends. And so those are those two last kind of one-liners. Uh, one kind of going from the beginning when you said like sometimes in, in movies, you know, you know, magic can be God. And that's not a great analogy because it's not the same thing. But with a little bit of, of God in your life, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And then the last one with the quest, you know, not the, you know, the right, the, the clear path isn't always the right one. That's not always the case. Sometimes it is, but it is usually, if it goes back to taking risks and adventure being the harder path, the, the path that seems easier probably is not always the right one. It's going to be a path that's going to challenge you and stretch you in a healthy way. Um, yeah, I think that ties back to the first quote, too, where it says the, like how the reason they stopped using magic was because it was too difficult. Right. Uh, and even though it was the, the correct thing to do, they chose to do the easier way, which kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Exodus and, and that prayer for the, the easier way. Yeah. Full circle. And full circle, like, like the letter O and onward. And onward. There you go. <laughs> And that's uh, onward. That's good. No, I'm I'm actually really excited to see that now. Yeah, that I, awesome. I think I think I spoiled less than I thought I would. So that's not, that's pretty good. You can still watch it, and it's a fun journey. It's great. Challenges. Challenges. Yeah. Got, so, oh, go ahead. The one that comes to mind is is kind of like, especially well, this would be right after Holy Week. I just realized is is prayer. And the prayer in the sense of the way they talk about like spell casting, it, it's, it's, it takes practice and there are di- different things to focus on and practice. And so just this week, especially in the week of, of, of Easter and the week of, of celebration, to really enter in just 15 minutes each day practicing on one area of prayer that you need to work on is that um, speaking from your heart like you know actually being authentic and 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 really diving in there or speaking you know praying with the heart of of scripture like so like the word of god one of those two things if so just spend this week working on that 
or maybe that's something you already do, but you realize listening to this, you're like, yeah, I, I struggle with focus sometimes. I realize I just do something and then walk away or, or read scripture, but don't like contemplate on it. Well, then start just like working on focusing and and maybe not even like writing or do whatever else that might distract you, but just focus on what scripture is saying or what you're feeling and what you need to offer to God. And if you already do that, then maybe you're like, yeah, I do all that, but my struggle is is trusting or believing or having faith afterwards. Like, okay, I did it, but nothing's going to happen. Well, then start chiseling away at that each day. Mm. What do you have? Yeah, so I think what you just said is actually fits into one of mine. But remember that, that new me list that you talked yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think each of those four, the way that we're kind of talking about them, can be a very short, simple challenge, especially in light of... Like you said, we're entering into uh, Easter right now, the, the whole season of Easter, which is all about the resurrection and being renewed into our faith. Uh, and at Easter, we even renew our baptismal promises. We have this new life, this new us. And so it is a chance to start new. And so I think it makes sense that we, we take a look at those four new me tasks or goals or challenges. So the first one was speak up more. And so in that, talk about your faith share with someone, whether that be via Zoom or with your family, whatever, talk about your faith and and speak up about that. Next one was learn to drive. We said learn to pray, which is exactly what you just said. So um, even if you know how to pray, scripture tells us that no one knows how to pray except through the Holy Spirit itself. So um, you can learn more. (laughs) Uh, And so continue to do that. Third one is invite people to the party. So whether that be as simple as just sharing one of the live streams of mass on social media or something like that, or inviting um, someone to to worship with you. I know there's a lot of like worship nights that are being led online right now. Just invite someone to participate into that online worship. And then the last one is be like dad. So whatever that looks like, take time to make yourself like God the Father. Uh, and to grow in that perfection in whatever way that you specifically need to work on that. So those Resurrect are this week. Yeah. Come back to life. Do it. Do it and you're cool. Uh, shout outs. Yes. So I have to shout out uh, Ethan Berger because he did request this topic. I didn't really mention that earlier. I was going to do it no matter what, but he, he beat me to the punch by it saying we should and then i'm also going to shout out uh steve sherman what yeah the because, shermanator yeah because we were talking this morning in our excess meeting and something he said just really stuck with me with he said like he's been entering into prayer and i'm i'm uh, paraphrasing so you guys should reach out to steve if you guys want uh but his his prayer kind of this week coming from like last week is the theology of loneliness and that really like struck me because i know different people i've i've talked to lately are kind of feeling lonely in very different ways in this isolation and this in this holy week without mass and all these things and just remembering that like christ was alone in his passion and and on the cross and being able to unite what we're feeling to that this week rather than just like feeling it and being like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And 
I don't, I think he just kind of he said it and he kind of said it in passing. But I I I was like that is really cool, and I think it's a really cool thing uh, we can take away from this odd time right now and apply to this week. So that's not me, that's Steve. So shout out she Steve Steve. She. That's why we need our resident theologian. I have a, a couple of shout outs as well. So like I said, I was using Zoom basically all of last week. And one of those times I had kind of just like a virtual meetup with a bunch of my old friends from high school because uh, why not? So I want to give a shout out to them. I know uh, one of them was even talking about uh, trying to get everyone else to give uh, give me content or ideas for the show. So we'll probably end up doing Tiger King at some point because that's uh, was oh, a man. pretty popular topic. Uh, but yeah, so shout out that's to... That's going to be hard. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it yet. Tia, Alec, Jordan, Andy, Kyle. Thanks for hanging out, guys. That was cool. And uh, yeah, shout out. That's all I got. Sweet. Well, with that, thank you guys for joining us on the adventure this week. If you want to know where you can find us, check out our website, thechristinculture.com, where you can find other episodes. If you're like, this podcast is cool. I just discovered it in quarantine. We'll check out all of our other episodes. Uh, you can follow us on our social media through the website, or you can go to Facebook forward slash The Christ and Culture. You can go to Twitter at On the Adventure 2. Um, if you like what you hear, please rate us on wherever you're finding us and listening to us. Just give us a five star. Let us know how we're doing. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, we, we've mentioned this in the past couple of weeks, but if you guys would like to support us financially, please don't during this time. Uh, we ask instead that you give to someone who is in need right now, maybe someone who has lost their job or has been kind of laid off during this time or maybe a medical professional who is kind of struggling right now with uh, different family stuff and being withdrawn from their family. So support those people instead. Uh, make sure we are working together in all of this so we can take care of each other. That's all we got. Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the adventure.